All right, guys, welcome to Down by the Bank, the unofficial Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 28. This is Derek. Hey, this is Corey. Hey, what's up, guys? This is John, also with Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we're like we're like Doubleman twins, like in, in Step Brothers, whenever Dale and, and Brendan went, <laughs> went to the job interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, funny. man. I like that movie. Well, we've, we've been having some fun already, uh, putting some things together for you guys. But before we get started today, we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas presents. <laughs> I don't want to talk much because I felt I didn't already spent you know, too much money, but it's for my wife, my nieces and nephews. So I love them. So I'll do it. But I can tell you what I don't want. And I don't want a hippopotamus for Christmas. OK, because I heard that song in every mall and every store and every radio station. So there, that's what I don't want. Wait, so, so you're you're turning down the king of the jungle for Christmas is what you're saying, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know that it would literally take like 17 lions to kill one hippopotamus. Hey, man. What are you guys talking about? In college, I worked retail for like seven years and in college and after. And let me tell you. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. No, I don't want a hippopotamus for Christmas. So that, that's what I don't want. Does hippopotamus mean something else right now, or are we talking about the animal? Is this like We're a talking bro, that, that that is not slang for anything. That is a straight hippopotamus, uh, four-legged <laughs> beast in the jungle. What yeah. do you guys What do you guys think of the uh, NES Classic? I really want one, but they're all out of stock. Ah, man, that, that thing might be a gimmick. So the NES Classic and the Sega Genesis uh, Classic, two two great ideas, don't get me wrong, but I, I think they're gimmicks because there's like 20 games on there that are like the classic games that you can play, and then there's a bunch of developer games that you would get like on Xbox for free. So huh. basically, Timmy in his garage is making games that are on your, your, your NES Classic. So uh, I, I'll stick to... Uh, I'll stick to my, my Xbox. And I'll tell you this. I, they don't got Mike Tyson's punch out. And I'm not talking about punch out. I'm talking Mike Tyson's punch out. They don't have Tecmo Super Bowl. They got Tecmo Bowl, but they don't have te- Tecmo Super Bowl with Bo Jackson in it. Okay. So you can't have the NES Classic without those two games. Especially the second one. Tecmo Super Bowl is probably the best Nintendo game of all time. I know some people that would play that over Madden nowadays. Well, that's um, yeah, I, I, the best the best game. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking about getting the, the the Sega until I was reading the games list and I saw the the Mortal Kombat. You know, one, two, and three. But I was highly upset when there was no Street Fighter. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one too. Mortal Kombat. Highly upset. Mortal Kombat was a violent game back in the day. By the way, how the in the world was like any kids allowed to play that game? That was the first game I've ever. That was the first violent game I've ever played, and um, I had my dad co-sign. He was just like, you know what? It's just a video game, honey. He's not going to get in trouble. And literally, I was trying to, you know, uppercut kids on the playground every day because of <laughs> Liu Kang. What about Babyalities? You remember that? Oh. <laughs> <Babyalities>. <laughs> all the all the the fatalities, the animalities, and babyality. Yeah, we keep going forever, man. All right. Well, I guess uh, to kind of transition back to the uh, actual topic for this podcast, 
Um, so we had our sort of uh, instant reaction episode to the Gus Bradley firing, which was uh, kind of entertaining. And one thing that came out after the fact, and I remember on the podcast we were we were talking about how it was reported that while we were recording, Gus was actually on the plane. Um, but apparently, uh, and Derek, you said you read about this, the players actually found out on the bus? Yeah, they found out on the bus, according to a few writers, uh, Times Union writers, uh, ESPN writers, uh, that he had been fired. And then they got on the plane, and then Gus Bradley was on the plane with them. So that seemed a little bit awkward. The whole thing, this whole situation, even some of Caldwell's comments in his press conference, it's all awkward that, oh, we decided before the game that we were going to fire him and all this good stuff. I, mean, I don't know. My, my confidence is shaking a little bit in Caldwell. Um, this whole thing just doesn't smell right. Yeah, we knew he needed to go as a coach, but the way and roundabout way they did it, it's like we're continuing the history of letting people go in our organization in such weird ways. It's like when we got rid of uh, Garrard, although that was a different regime and different owner, Hey, go up here and speak at this nonprofit a bit. But by the way, you're getting released after you get down off them steps. <laughs> yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yeah. So, and now, hey, you know what? You're gone, but get back on this plane. Go ahead and catch the bus with it. You know, you're going to ride home with us. Uh, it's weird. Really weird. I'm, I'm not an advocate for anyone losing their job at all. And I understand that, you know, yeah, Gus is a millionaire and all this other stuff, but we wanted him gone. Everyone called for the coaching change. You know, they could have just gave this guy literally like a Greyhound bus ticket and said, we'll see you back in Jacksonville. Uh, don't worry. Your office is already packed up by one of the interns. And you know what? Don't even come back to the stadium. We're going to mail your stuff home to you. Like any other job, you know, they're not going to let you come back and get your stuff after you've already been fired because they're going to be, you know, uh, they're afraid of all the consequences. So I think that, you know, they let him go, and it's like, hey, we got an extra seat. Uh, you win or what? Uh, we're all going to the same place. So, you know, but, hey, they let him go. They let him go, and, you know, that 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 uh, that chapter's closed. Yeah. Hopefully um, he didn't have one of the jump seats on the plane, you know, those seats that the employees fly on when they got enough room um, behind the uh, cockpit. <laughs> He's lucky they didn't put him in the belly of the plane with, with the pets and where your and where your pets go. <laughs> um, well, two quotes uh, I pulled up actually. One kind of contributes to what Derek said. Paul Puzlesny said, "Sitting on the bus waiting to go to the airport and things starts popping up on social media. That's how we found out, and it was very surprising." And then Sanderic's marks, uh, Sanderic marks his quote, which I actually think was the funniest, is. Uh, he said, Gus has always been a great person in that aspect, but I don't think we as players were in the mood or ready to actually see him at that moment. So, um, I don't know. It's, it seems kind of weird, but I guess it is what it is at this point. I mean, the outcome's the same. Um, although I will give him a lot of props for giving that like 45 minute press conference over at like the Ponte Vedra Inn and Club, uh, to the media. Cause, uh, I don't know that many head coaches do that after they're fired. Um, and, uh, I, two rumors that I heard, by the way, Gators defensive coordinator or Georgia Bulldogs defensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, as a as a loyal Gator fan, I think it's great. Gus will be able to recruit the heck out of the state, recruit the heck out of the area. Um, you know, it it wouldn't be good if he went to uh, to, to Georgia. 
So, I mean, if that's something that he decides to do, I mean, and he is a de- defensive mastermind. I mean, he put together the, the Legion of Boom out in uh, Seattle. And, uh, you know, our defense is pretty darn good here. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be bad to have him down at, at a defensive back university. Yeah, I said it. DBU, the Gators. Derek, tell me, tell me, Gus would not be the greatest recruiting college coach in the history of college football. He would be a good recruiter and be a good coach. Now, would he still catch whoopings at the end of November? Yes, he would. <laughs> but okay, uh, he would catch some, some, a couple beatdowns. Uh, but uh, no, he he definitely uh, can coach at any level on the defensive side of the ball, uh, whether college or or in the NFL. So. Hopefully he's able to find something soon and, uh, you know, kind of get back on his feet, get going after the holidays, and, uh, hey, we wish him well. Yeah. Well, Doug Marone's already taken over in terms of interim coach. He's already had, like, two press conferences, including one post-practice press conference, and uh, his press conferences are certainly a lot different than Gus Bradley's. I mean, he's very much more of, like, the northerner type uh Seems like he's kind of annoyed to be there kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the word is, is that he is going to be a serious contender, according to Dave Caldwell, for the next head coach. Now, if they went 2-0 and the remainder of these games, does that matter whatsoever? Because I feel like he's out. I don't think that the team would actually seriously consider him for head coach. Why not? I mean, I, I don't, I don't see why. I mean, why not? I, 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 I called this maybe a couple when when Doug Marone came when he just up and left Buffalo. He just up and left Buffalo for no reason, and now all of a sudden he's just you know here, you know, out of nowhere, being the offensive line coach and everything else like that. So I mean, I just thought it was just very strange that he just up and left Buffalo, you know, the way he did, and then now he's all of a sudden you know, in an interim, you know, spot. I mean, it kind of worked out the way he played his cards. Right. I just think, and Derek, maybe you disagree with this. I just think that the team, especially from a marketing standpoint, are not going to want to hire somebody who was on Gus's staff. And I know he's Doug Marone, he's had experience, but for some reason, I just think that's going to be something that Shad Khan's not going to want just from a perception standpoint. And this is why, uh, although, you know, I have been on the McDaniels train a little bit, this is why we also got to find a coach that's want to bring that's going to bring in his own staff, his own personnel. Um, hopefully, they don't let a coach come in here and say, "Okay, yeah, you're the coach, but we want you to keep this guy." That's not how it works. Um, so I think Doug Marone's a good coach. He had some decent success in Buffalo. Had some real good defenses. Uh, couldn't get a quarterback, but he definitely could run the ball with Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller up there. But, um, you know, he, he might be a candidate, but I don't think he's going to get the job. Yeah. One thing uh, with Malik Jackson, by the way, that I really like, and it just it kind of adds credibility to the signing in terms of a veteran presence, is he's kind of been the one to come out and say, hey, Gus is gone. we got to get over it. It's just like any other player getting cut. We just kind of have to move forward. Um I mean, I think he was a really, really good signing, and I think somebody that uh, is only going to help us in terms of recruiting good um, good head coaching candidates. But one thing uh, to kind of shift gears, Derek, you have a conspiracy theory about Blake Bortles and how he arrives at the team. Can you kind of uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, InfoWars-esque conspiracy theory that you have? Yeah, yeah. You know, some people might think I'm crazy, but, you know, I, I, I 
get a little bit deep into things at times and read a little bit deep into things. So as we know, Bortles went to UCF and Bortles was coached by a guy, Coach George O'Leary. George O'Leary, famous for a lot of things, Georgia Tech in his ACC days. Also, he's known for lying on his resume to Notre Dame and getting the Notre Dame job for like two and a half or three weeks or whatever it was before Notre Dame kicked him out. He lands at UCF. They put together some winning seasons, uh, went under fire a lot there for some things that he did, uh, had a player die during conditioning drills. Uh, but, you know, so my thing is with O'Leary, who's to say he didn't boost up and fib a little bit on Bortles and his mental uh, part of the game? Now, college coaches do do that. College coaches do do that. They do fight for their guy. They do fight for their guy. But nobody else was on the Bortles train that draft except us. And, you know, we're two uh, hours away, so who's to say he didn't, you know, give plants a little seeds in their ear? And they definitely believed it. Um, hey, so, Derek, yeah. who who uh, who did 9-11? I, that might be a <laughs> That's a, that's a different dumb question that somebody would know at work answer. So, <laughs> but but uh, no. I'm just testing your conspiracy theory ways. No, I'm not sure no, how deep no, this goes. Basically, no. that, that, that's how that's as deep as going to go. George O'Leary is a liar, and he probably lied to Dave Caldwell and Gus Bradley about Blake Portals, and that's it. And and I I, I guess you also have a uh, solution to where the Loch Ness monster is also. <laughs> yeah, he, he's under the stadium preventing us from scoring touchdowns. Oh, and he yeah. did, he's also up in the pools. He's up there in the pools. He, he's in the pools. Okay. Yeah, he's in the pools. Okay. Yeah, so was uh, JFK and Tupac. They were up there <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> hey, hey. Guys, you pick at me all day. All I want to know is why in the world this guy, after throwing 30-some-odd touchdown passes, has regressed so much. He can't be physical talent. There's no way. It's got to be all mental, whether if it's prep, where if he's beach bar Bortles, you know, B-cubed. I heard someone called him on Twitter the other day. I was like, what is that? Beach bar Bortles. Uh, who knows? Okay. But he has mentally regressed so much, and there's no way somebody just does that overnight. It's happened before, and unfortunately, we are the recipient of it now. Well, you mentioned earlier that you you know you're on the you you're on the McDaniel's train, and I think you're the conductor of it. So, uh, do you think you know the way you know he's he's worked with Garoppolo and 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 Brissett, Do you think that they just have pure talent over Blake, or do you think that McDaniel's is just the quarterback whisperer and can you know not only just spend you know a season with him, but you know the off season and help him prepare? You think he'll have you know, a, a pretty big impact on Blake throughout the offseason if he is named the head coach? I, I don't know. It just depends on how much Bortles wants to learn. I think we definitely need to bring someone in here to create some competition. Um, you know, I know you guys are on the Mike Smith train, and that's okay. You can be on the Mike Smith train all day or the Tom Coughlin train. I think I think Tom Coughlin's a mutual agreement amongst the three of us. Yeah. But my thing is, we need a coach to get in Bortles' head if we're going to keep him as the QB of the future of our team. If not, then we need to go ahead and cut ties with him after next year and find another quarterback. And we need to find a coach that can know how to do that because, like, like, uh, like we just uh, or uh, 
just discussed this earlier. If we got all this talent in the world on paper, but if we can't do anything with it, you know, if, if Caldwell misses again, if he swings and misses, he's out. So, right. The only thing, I mean, the Brissett and and Garoppolo stuff is good, but I mean, it's such a small sample size. I just would worry about how much we'd be giving up for uh, uh, not Brissett, not Brissett, but for uh, you know, um, it, Garoppolo. And I don't really take the Garoppolo and and um the Garoppolo and Brissett things into into picture because. You know, one, they got Bill Belichick. He's arguably going to go down as one of the top three, five coaches ever to coach in the National Football League, hands down. Two, the Patriots, yeah, they got Tom Brady, but they also have a good team. They're well coached. They're coached up to the max of their potential. Like our defense, I think, is coached up for the most part, except for Cyprian, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but you know, our offense is definitely coached down, way down. So uh, an offensive-minded coach can only go up from there. Well, I mean, the hot jobs, I mean, the hot jobs, um, you know, in the offseason are definitely going to be, you know, L.A. is probably going to be a landing spot for a lot of people because of the market size and, you know, what it brings to, say, the I've coached in the Los Angeles area, you know, the Hollywood type thing. And then you've got Buffalo, which is – probably going to get rid of Rex Ryan. There's a lot of rumors and things like that coming out of there. And then and then you got Jacksonville. So, I mean, those are three different head coaches and three different head coaching carousels. Do you think that, you know, what, what makes Jacksonville more appealing than, you know, like in L.A.? I mean, of course, it's, you know, it's nicer than Buffalo, but, you know, I think Jacksonville and L.A. are probably – L.A. may be one of the top spots to coach, but, I mean, as far as the market and the exposure you'll get, but what makes you think – you know, someone would want to come down to Jacksonville and take over, you know, the issues that we have on offense, you know, et cetera. Uh, you know, hey, we stink. If you can get us <laughs> out of if you can get us out of this hole, you'll be considered a great coach. You know, you'll be considered a really good coach if you can get a, get the Jags out of this hole consistently too. When in back to back seasons, not just one season. So you know, it's just crazy it's just crazy how much a uh a uh you know how much we'd love to have like a, a seven and nine you know season or i mean right now the division is being tied right now with tennessee and the colts and it's eight and six so it's an ugly division and it's pretty winnable yeah i mean my thing is i don't i think that it's going to be a way bigger I think we have a huge advantage over L.A. just from the fact that the defense is ranked so high. The offense was ranked so high last year. You have an owner who's fully committed. Um, and doesn't – I mean, L.A. has that guy that, like, everybody hates, right? Stan Cronkey, uh, uh, is that his name? Cronkey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the players aren't even, like, even allowed to talk to him. So, And one thing Gus Bradley said in his uh, you know post-firing press conference was – and he didn't, he didn't you know – care one bit to say it even after being fired is that the ownership and the management and everything is excellent and I think the Jags have a great reputation in the league not only just for the the perspective of like the front office and the owner but you know Mark Lamping and um the stadium improvements and I I honestly think I don't know just even even the talent on the field I think is going to give us the advantage over LA the Jags have uh, if a football operation and team in town was 100 percent the Jags have 25 percent of it right and that's the business aspect of it. 
the football aspect of it, which is what drives the business, they've got wrong. Uh, huh. <laughs> and it, it, it just it's it's so wrong. So we'll see how how it all works out. Um, I think L.A., you know, although they have the market and everything like J.K. 3 just said, I think we're better as far as on paper than they are. I think we have better players. They're just not as well coached. So um, I know we definitely, it, it, with the exception of quarterback, and, and uh, quarterback's kind of up in the air. They both stink. Uh, the, the Rams have a better running back than we do, and that's pretty much it. We, we can match them with everything else. So Yeah. Well, one topic that I know uh, is – I don't even know if I want to say it's much of a hot topic just because of our record. I don't think that many people are really caring about it all that much. But the Pro Bowl selections – and by the way, they play the uh, – where do they play the Pro Bowl now? Like Middleburg or something? <laughs> or, <laughs> Orlando. <laughs> oh, Orlando. Okay, yeah, same thing. So, um, so I don't even know, but – no players, zero selections for the Jaguars. Uh, a couple people have said, you know, at least Nortman should have been selected of anything just to have at least one guy on the team. But um, do you guys think we really had any snubs there, or do you think that's just the uh, kind of result of having such a horrible record? Result of record and, you know, the way – it's not just the results of the record. It's the way we lost, especially on national TV against Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, a few, you know, a month or so ago. Uh, I feel, in my opinion, at least Puzz or Kelvin Smith may get an alternate look. Uh, you know, because players with teams make the playoffs, they'll drop off and then the injuries, they don't want to play. But he- here's something for you. So I just, real quick, after looking that up, I wanted to look up and see what the stats were for the leading tacklers in the league. Do you know we have three guys in the top 16? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Pozlesny, uh Telvin Smith, and uh, who's the third you guy? You won't even believe who the third one is. Oh, Cyprian, Cyprian. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that the other day. Isn't that Puzz crazy? Is 10, Cyprian's 11, and Telvin's 16. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And then the sad part, I look at this list, and just, you know, side subject, side note, Luke Keekley is 19, and he hasn't played in almost a month. <laughs> <laughs> and he's ranked 19. So, you know, see, you know, that's what a real linebacker should be. But, you know, we should at least get Puzz or Taylor Smith might get an alternate look. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I think the only way somebody from this team is if they are a second ballot or depending on who drops out. Uh, you know, obviously there are going to be some AFC teams that drop out and they're going to have to replace it. So I think Telvin maybe uh, or Paz may be on, on an alternate. But, I, I mean, First ballot, I think, you know, I think number 20, the, you know, the, the, the savage, I think he should be out there, um, you know, playing with anyone else. I mean, every week he locks down teams, number one receiver consistently week in and week out and literally just takes away that opposite side of the field. I mean, he locked down Amari Cooper, who's going to the Pro Bowl. Um, I mean, not, not only just locked him down, but literally, Derek Carr did not throw him the ball that that game. Well, he may have completed a couple passes that game, but the next week I forget who they played, but Cooper exploded uh, against that team. I forget it's on the top of my head right now, but absolutely just went off. And I, I think Jalen, you know, just doesn't get enough credit for 
you know, I wish there was a, a, a statistic of, or maybe Tony Khan can come up with like a, a stat of like percentage that teams don't throw to a certain defensive player. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, there's something out there like that. Really? Yeah. I think there's something out there for the, on a uh, pro football, uh, focus for that or uh football outsiders i don't have to check but if i find it i'll, I'll post it yeah post it because i, I want to see where it is because he's becoming respected I, I mean and plus this week coming up i mean the the titans you know their receivers are pretty mediocre with uh kendall wright and uh rashard matthews uh their leading receiver right now is the tight end delaney walker i i, I guarantee you they're not going to put Jalen on delaney walker there's, there's no way that's going to happen so I mean, it'd just be interesting to see who he who he matches up with this week. Yeah, in that in that Oakland game, Amari Cooper and I and I remember this too. Um, he had four catches for twenty nine yards, no touchdowns, and five targets. Two other receivers had more targets than he did. Uh, Crabtree had eleven, and Seth Roberts had nine. So they definitely, you know, Crabtree's supposed to be their leading target. They definitely stayed away from him. Uh, or not Crabtree, uh, Amari Cooper. Hey, by the way, speaking of the rankings that you were mentioning from an X's and O's perspective, is it bad that Jonathan Cyprian is up in the top 11 or 12 of tackles in the NFL? Isn't that a bad sign? Well, it's their defensive scheme. Uh, I mean, it's the way that he, he, he has to have like an inbox kind of enforcer. And a lot of the times whenever you see Sip, he's in the box and then he bails out like at the last minute. Um, you know, he's kind of like, he, he plays that, that Cam Chancellor role and Gibson is supposed to play the, the Earl Thomas quote unquote role. My bad, Derek. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. That's, he, he, he that's exactly what I was going to say is, is the scheme. Um, and, and here's another, uh, the only other thing I can think of is Cyprian can't cover. Like he mm-hmm. can't cover anybody. And when he does cover, he gets pass interference. Now the one against the Texans last week, that was a little bit of a phantom call. It was crap. Jalen was right. He's probably going to get penalized by the league, but he's right. But majority of the time, Cyprian can't cover. Um, Hey, real quick about Jalen. Now that I look at this, you you make a good point. JK three Hopkins got targeted 17 times last week. He had eight catches for 87 yards. That that was by far his best game uh, defensively because he's he's taking away the team's obvious number one. He's following him everywhere, so it's not like a Richard Sermon type thing where he's covering one side of the field. It's not a Josh Norman type thing where he's covering one side of the field. This guy is mirroring your number one, and regardless of the defensive call that they call, they they call Jalen. You're staying with him. We don't want to hear anything else. You stay from you stay with him, and he's bodying people left and right. And then he's also contributing on special teams, and uh, um, you know, in the kickoff or excuse me, in a punt return, the, the the film doesn't show. And I wish you know we could you know we can go back and take a look at any of the coaches' film that uh, you know that that's offered by NFL Network or anything else like that. But he is destroying people on punt return, and then he lines up and is destroying the number ones. Um, you know, on, on the receiver side, I mean, he's just, you know, just an awesome player. And, you know, besides, there's been some throws that teams have made um, against single high coverage or, or cover two where he's he's been, you know, beat and they've uh, 
uh, gotten the ball down the field on him. But, you know, that's really, although it looks like his fault because he's there, he, it's really not his fault because the safety should be coming over. Um, besides the Sammy Watkins play where it was just straight up man on man and Tyrod threw that perfect ball, I can't think of another like one-on-one where he really got beat really bad. Uh, Jeffries, they, they did a lot of quick stuff with Jeffries. Um, plus Jeffries is six foot four. So that's kind of tough to defend. And he was on a PED. So that helped him even, <laughs> even more too, you know, uh, but it, it really is, he is really doing a phenomenal job and, and hopefully they, uh, he does get some, some rookie honors. Uh, it'd be a shame if he doesn't at the end of the season. Well, one thing he's definitely going to get beat on is in the pocketbook, because I don't know if you guys read his quote that he said against the official in that game. He said, field judge 104, by far the worst official in the NFL, needs to be fired 100%, terrible, 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 was his quote. So how much do you think he's going to get fined for that? That was Jalen Ramsey after the Texans game. 25K. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's that that that's something that uh that that's that's gonna hurt him. You know, he's gonna have to write that check. But I mean, I would much rather him be, you know, outspoken about the officiating and you know still being able to back up his play. It doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want about the officials and everything else like that. But when you control that much of the game and control what you can control, and that's how many catches another player is gonna have. I mean, you, you can say what you want. I, I, I really – it doesn't matter to me. I, somebody better pick up that check. Um, Jordan, if you're listening, Michael, go ahead and send in the 25K to pay for that, that penalty. We need it. <laughs> or, or or let Prince or Mark Umara pick it up because every time I see them on third down, they definitely go after him on third down. <laughs> so, oh, um, my – yeah, yeah. <laughs> The quote also, I just, I didn't even realize he said all this stuff. He said that the referee may be kin to Hopkins or something. I don't know. He's just a homer. I feel like the whole officiating crew, they were homers. And then uh, I guess Hopkins came out afterward and was just like, yeah, he's a young guy. He's frustrated. You know, I don't have any family members that are referees. So I don't know. Ramsey definitely maybe needs to kind of chill out a little bit probably. But, uh, hey man, I, I love it. I love it. He can do it. He can say what he wants. He can do it. And until he starts getting beat consistently, keep running that mouth. Keep doing what you do. Keep defending passes. Hey, I'm happy. <laughs> well, and coming up, we have the Titans game. Uh, definitely going to be uh, interesting um, with Mariota as the quarterback. They've been two and one against us in starts versus the Jags. He's had five touchdowns, one interception. And 123 rushing yards with a rushing touchdown in the last two meetings against the Jaguars. How do you guys think we match up against the Titans uh, with our new, especially our new head coach, um, Doug Marone? I uh, I think we you just got to stop the running game. You really got to force Mariota into some drop back situations. Um, definitely pay a lot of attention to Delaney Walker, especially in the red zone. Uh, Mariota is improving, but, uh, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot, so they're going to be fighting hard. Uh, they proved they can beat our butts once. Um, and Malarkey definitely, you know, he's got a little bad taste in his mouth about us and rightfully so. So they got to come ready to play. They got to come ready to stop the run. 
both Murray and uh, Big Boy. I can't. I'm losing my mind here. What his name is, but uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta come ready to play and stop that running game. Because um, if they're able to run the ball, you can pretty much forget about it. It's gonna be a, it's a done deal. Um, I'm I'm worried about uh, you know the Jags getting a W. Because um, as a as a Saturday, if they do not win, it'll be 376 days since we've won, you know, in in Duval County, which is horrendous. I mean, a year and two weeks since we've been able to, you know, uh, walk out of the stadium feeling great um, with our heads lifted up high, uh, you know, and, and it's a it's a great game to to get it to try to spoil for someone. They get, they got to spoil someone. I mean. You know the the Colts really aren't in the mix. They had their chance to spoil something for the tight or for the uh, Texans. It didn't work. You know we we got to play spoiler here at least and and, and try to come out with a W. Um, I think Blake really needs to stay uh, focused in this one. Tennessee their uh, their their defense is pretty good as far as their their interception ratio. You got Parrish Cox back there who's a ball hawk. You got uh, McCourty who's a ball hawk. I think together the defense has like twelve interceptions. Uh, so far, um, and in relationship to our defense, we have five. So it tells you that they get after the ball and, and they create those turnovers. Yeah, and we just got two of those five last week. <laughs> yeah. So before, yeah. So before that, we had three. We had three ints the entire year. Wow. I think uh, wasn't Ramsey's the first by an actual cornerback too, or defensive back. Um, there was some, there was a play that happened earlier in the year. And I, and the only reason why I can recall this is because I was uh, talking about it with one of my friends, but Jalen had like a tip ball and it went to, to Gibson. Oh, yeah. yeah. I believe that, that's the play where Ramsey came back on the block and knocked somebody like five yards out of bounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, he came back in the play. Yeah. <laughs> why do people get on to Ramsey about his, uh, how he dresses and stuff, by the way, why is, I've heard that a couple times on Twitter. Like what's, what is he, like, what's the deal with that? People hate what they can't be. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's, um, I, I think a lot of the stuff that he wears, um, I mean, it's, it's just his individual style. I mean, a lot of people said that Prince couldn't dress, but, or he dressed like a woman, but I mean, Prince, I mean, he's <laughs> the greatest. I don't know if that was a good analogy, but you know what I mean about Prince. <laughs> oh, okay, I get it now. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I guess that's uh, unless you guys had any final thoughts. I think that's pretty much it um, for our uh, outline here. Uh, any final thoughts? I guess heading into the game or anything else Jaguars related or Gus Bradley on a plane related or Christmas present related. No, I think we pretty much got this all wrapped, sealed, and delivered. And uh hope everyone has a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you after the uh, Titans game. Oh, man, I, that would be nothing more to you, – you, you know, you, you said you didn't want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I want a W for Christmas. I mean, that would just really just – that would – you know, if I got my got my W – that would that would really make me happy. So I, I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Hopefully uh, – Santa brings me that instead of some coal, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be good.
Yeah, and I'm definitely Googling hippopotamus on like Urban Dictionary or something just to make sure that this isn't like. You have that. You, you, you shouldn't do that. That should probably come up as like something uh, like a like a type of woman that you pick up in a bar or something. No, it'll be it'll it'll be fine. I'll look it up at work tomorrow. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, full <laughs> company time. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Take care, guys. Later, guys.